You are listening to Circle of Hope's Sunday Meeting Podcast. This talk was given at 29 West Tolpehawken Street. For more information, visit us at circleofhope.net. The last few weeks we've been talking about how we move with the Spirit. And basically, I'm kind of asking each week, like, where is the Spirit of God moving this week? It's an exercise in practicing finding where God is working and then magnifying it. We, we magnify it because we magnify who God is and what God is doing. And we tell stories both to ourselves and to one another and to others so that we can better tune our hearts to the work of the Spirit, to know God and to participate in the work of God. You, you might have even felt um, some movement in your own heart tonight in this meeting already. The, the song that Ben wrote, Ben Rosenbach wrote, that the team was teaching us was really powerful to me. It gave us a way to pray um, a lot of different things and began as a prayer in his own heart that he then shared with us through music. Oh, Jesus, won't you come and stay beside me in my struggles? Oh, Jesus, won't you be my way when I'm lost and lonely? Oh, Jesus, turn my night to day when I am feeling darkness. Show me where you've been when I'm feeling lonely. Meet me in my sin when I'm feeling shameful. Oh, Jesus, help me to begin when I'm starting over. Won't you come and meet me in this desert? Oh, Jesus, help me to defeat the things that control me. Oh, Jesus, place me at your feet so I can hear your guidance. Raise me up to life. Raise me up to life. Maybe even one of those prayers um, is your prayer that you needed today. I hope you can take it with you. This personal prayer that we just sang helps, helps us to make room for an encounter with God where the Spirit can move in our hearts. So let me pray for us now before we move on. Oh, Jesus, raise us up to life. We need you and we need each other. Meet us in this moment, in this time together, in a way that you, only you know that we need. In your name we pray, amen. So I want to look at uh, two examples in the Bible that may help us tune in to how God, the Spirit of God, works. It's not about principles. It's about God relating to us in, in the flesh through Jesus. That's the main thing that I want to point out today, um, that following Jesus is not about applying principles and following rules. Relating to Jesus is about a 
transformed and transforming life. I was reminded how much I need this transformation myself. Um, well, every day, actually, but specifically after spending time with my extended family this week for the holiday. I know that sounds a little harsh. They are not bad people. I love them, and we had a very enjoyable day. But even Steve made this observation to me, and, and I felt it again, that my family does have a lot of unspoken rules. There's a right way to do things, and you're supposed to know and agree with it. And not following along kind of um, garners disdain, actually. Nobody consciously says this, of course, um, but you can pick it up, you can feel it. Anyway, I, I may spend the rest of my life trying to sort out what is of my family and what is from God, uh, and you may too. So let's do a little bit of that together tonight. When we're looking for how the Spirit is moving, uh, we're working out a relationship with God, not to rules or principles. Although we might have to sort out our relationship to rules and principles in order to get there. We actually need to relate to Jesus to see what, what we should do because he knows our hearts. And when we read the Bible, we're relating to, we're, we're reading to relate to God and to ask God to relate to us through scripture. It, it itself is not a rule book to apply. My cell was talking about this this week. Relating to Jesus through the spirit um, is how transformation happens. And the examples I'm using tonight are Zacchaeus and the rich young ruler. We can find both of their stories in the book of Luke, chapter 18 and 19, and they're recorded almost back to back. Jesus relates to both of these men, calling them in different, two different actions and applications for their own transformed heart. So let's read the story. Oh, here's a picture of the rich young ruler. Let's read this story first. Again, it's in Luke 18, verses 18 through 23. Can someone read for us? If you can see it, read nice and loud. Thank you. A certain ruler asked him, good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Why do you call me good? No one is good except God alone. You know the commandments. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not murder. You shall not steal. Zacchaeus. This, uh, his story is in Luke chapter 19, verses 1 to 10. Someone else read that for us. Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and wealthy. He 
wanted to see who Jesus was, but because he was short, he could not see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him, since Jesus was coming that way. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. All the people saw this and began to mutter, He has gone to be the guest of a sinner. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor, and if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, because this man too is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. Thanks, Joe. Just so you know, baby noises are welcome here. We got a lot of babies today. It's great. So Zacchaeus is this rich Jewish man, and he was hated for growing wealthy off of other Jews by collecting taxes for the Roman Empire. And he was skimming some off the top for himself. And he has this encounter with Jesus where he's moved to give away half of his possessions. The transformation of his heart has to do with his wealth and his treatment of other people. In this story, Jesus says salvation has come to Zacchaeus who only gives away half of his wealth, and yet he tells the rich young ruler that he must sell all he has and give to the poor. So why the different standards? It's clearly not about a vow of poverty. Jesus is not creating a standard principle that will save them or any of us by applying it. The simplest reason I can see in this case is that Jesus is relating to the person, not applying rules or, for, or principles for salvation. He knew what each man needed. He understood what was going on in their hearts and he, he saw them, like personally, and loved them. The, the New Living Transi Translation says of the rich young ruler, looking at this man, Jesus felt genuine love for him. And his love called him into a new transformed way of relating and living. Jesus' love asked for love in return. And he was calling both men out from what bound them or what ruled them in a way so that they would be free to follow him and his way. So what does it look like when we get called out of what binds us? Like how does the spirit lead us to be free to follow Jesus and his way? Here are two examples from this week that I wanted to amplify. I hope that you can see God's spirit at work too. Sometimes it's easiest to see through the newest person's eyes. And I met somebody who is connecting to our congregation in um, New Jersey who was flabbergasted that we make stuff together. Compassion teams, cells, businesses, music, he was telling me how um, being with us has like enabled him to breathe easier and relax a little bit. 
it, it was like he's received a breath of fresh air from the Spirit and has been encouraged to see that there is not just room here from the Spirit to guide, for the Spirit to guide us and inspire us, but we count on the Spirit to lead us together. Following Jesus is not about uh, jumping in to follow the rules and get it all right. God is relating to us and inspiring us to make something, to, to build together in a way that frees us up from our own needs for power and control. Or, well, for one person it may be freedom from the tendency towards personal power and control. For another person it might be the healing space from all that confines the rules and legalisms that has been placed on them. I think it will look differently for each person. We can trust the Spirit will move among us personally as we are formed together as the body of Christ. And the second example is how the Spirit leads us to action. Last month, in this last month, Quite a few of us have participated in protests or rallies of one kind or another. Uh, If you weren't there, you may have seen some of this on social media or heard about it in a cell. There's a couple of pictures. Whether whether it was through holding a sign and marching uh, or protesting on social media that, that you declare your interdependence when most Americans are celebrating their independence, There are different ways to act in response to how God's spirit is moving you. Protesting is not about uh, having all the right answers or being morally superior uh, way to respond to problems. We don't even all agree on what the problems are, much less how we should respond to them, especially on a political level. Jesus calls us to radical action, but not in a principled way. We actually have to relate to Jesus to see what we should do. He knows our hearts and may lead us at different points in our lives to different actions or applications. So I think it's worth saying that not all of us will respond in the same way or be moved in the same way. We're each on a journey relating to Jesus and to those around us. And we've been willing to hold, and we have to be willing to hold together and to talk about where we are, how we are convicted, and what influences us. The Spirit continues to move in our dialogue. In fact, the dialogue that holds us together Dialogue holds us together and protects our gravity, even when we don't agree. We influence each other and we gain perspective and learn together how to discern the Spirit's leading. We've been doing that a lot over the last few weeks through our mapping process. We need each other to do this. We're having this whole life together in Christ so that we each bring all of that into our relationships into our cells and our interactions. This is so important to demonstrate for the sake of God, who God is and what God does among us. So if we're just settling or setting up rules and check boxes for people to get in, we limit how the spirit can move among us. 
We are creating, we are living as a created organism. We're not creating a religious organization. So through God's spirit, Jesus is relating to us as the complicated people that we are, not applying principles or rules for salvation. He knows that we need what we need for life and salvation and has provided it in his infinite love. That love continually calls us into a new and transformed way of relating and living. May whatever binds you or rules you that is not from Jesus be illuminated through the Spirit so that we can be free to follow as changed and freed people. Let me pray for us. God, we are trusting that your love calls us together as we listen to one another and dialogue. We are listening for you and your spirit. Help us to continue to be a discerning people who can love one another and hold together in times that are so divisive. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to Circle of Hope's Sunday Meeting Podcast. If you want to talk about it or get connected to a cell, you can find one under our Connect drop-down at circleofhope.net.